The following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Last week we started talking about the scenario, um, unfortunately, which is all too commonplace in Israel, of uh, in current events, which is person being stabbed, and then you have now a dilemma, an ethical dilemma, do I chase down the terrorist or treat the patient <coughs> as a physician, as an EMS person, or even as a regular person. So that was our question last week. So we discussed two cases of, um, mentioned two cases of physicians, that physicians wrote to the rabbi. Let's see if I can find it here. Case number one was um, a terrorist on the way to Jerusalem. He shoots someone, wounds a Jewish guy. And the doctor, doctor standing there, so he has the possibility of treating the patient or chasing down the terrorist. What does he do? That was question, case number one. Case number two was <clears throat> where we had an accident, a car accident. Five versus one. Right. A kilometer away from the hospital, the, the, where they get a call, the ambulance is on the way, then they get another call, another car accident, the car flipped over, five people. Right. Do they go to the five or the one who, who's close by or the five who are further away? So those are the two questions we started discussing. Rabbi's back. Just came back from Israel, I think, last night. Oh, really? Hey, Bukhim Two minutes. You had to hear this? No, no, we wow. no lights. We're trying to save money. Just Budget cuts for... And plus you're jealous. Make sure you get a raise. Was it yes. last night? Yeah. Good morning. Wow, welcome Good morning. back. This is question. Back. So listen, back. sit down one second, just for the introduction. So the question is, so this actually happened yesterday in Israel, in, uh, I don't know if you saw the video, in Rishon Was LeZion. It wasn't yesterday, yeah. yesterday was Wednesday, Tuesday. Were you in Rishon on Tuesday? No. Yeah. Okay, so there was live. this exact case, unbelievable, we gave yeah. a class on this last week, right. and this exact case happened. So this is the video of the stabbing. What's going to happen is, you'll see a, I'm going to turn around, you're going to see, you'll see a stabber running down the street, he stabs an elderly woman, 80-year-old woman, she falls to the ground. And then you see everyone just stepping over a body, chasing the terrorist. No one, no one. No, no, <laughs> That case that we're discussing. Mm. That's the, and her granddaughter was interviewed in the news and saying, what kind of country is this? Mm. Terrible. This is what we've come to, where she's just a piece of meat lying on the floor. People are literally stepping over. Watch the video. Right Unbelievable. Now, if everybody was armed, if a Jewish person was armed, they could have so shot a doctor, the terrorist. And then patient stabbed here, and the terrorist keeps on running. Do you treat the patient, or, you, right. or do you... Ch chase down the terrorist. Mm. Can you see? Or do you, we said it was Pshita. Right? Or do you shoot yeah, the patient? Or do you help the person? <laughs> or do you shoot the patient? <laughs> solve, solve the dilemma. Watch this corner here. Watch the sidewalk right there. Those are people running away from the stabber was on a bus or stabbed someone before this or tried. So they're all running. Not very quickly. Now you can see the guy zoom by. All the brave guys. Yeah, that's, he just stabbed that woman. That's the mm -hmm. She, oh, this is a bad video. She, she, actually, this is the wrong video, because they blocked out the woman. Yeah, she's lying on the ground, they can see them. That's the new thing, they say the kids are having PST. Trigger warning, from, trigger warning. You can see that... That was a better one, that was a better one. I got a better one. Even the women are running away, and they're not helping. Sort of and they're not chasing after the you guy. Know, they've done this at bioethics conferences. These are all bioethics, and they have somebody there suffering. Yeah, this is this is an old this is security study. Bioethics just in theology study. Something else. Yeah, they set it up so someone's having a massive heart attack 
This guy's gonna stop watching for like 10 seconds, then he's gonna <laughs> run watch him. Are you okay? Are you okay? Then he continues to run. Yeah, she's okay. Are you comfortable? Yeah, I do okay. <laughs> now he keeps on going. Do you need your liver? Yeah. So basically, so this was the famous theology study. We all said he intro psych that they purposely set up there was a final examination on, uh, on a philosophy or a theology. And Princeton is organized like a cross. So everyone was going from their dorms to, they purposely set up, they had to go through the main drag down the middle of campus, and they had an actor fake a heart attack right on the main, literally. That was right for the money. The no, 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 it was no, no money. No, they no. had to go for a final. And the, right. the guy no, has a heart attack. attack. This was they the way to the, see how many the, people uh, stopped. The clergy. No one stopped. Oh, this is the, uh, what's it called? There's another one, I think. No, it was the clergy. It's the religious. Uh, it was a religion it was, study. It was a, it no, it was the, the, they did it for clergy students. For all so clergy students, they all <laughs> no one ran. Stopped, right? Yeah, no one stopped. I thought they did it for biowethicists. No, no, no. This is religion majors. Anyway, here, so, so the granddaughter of this woman, this 30 year old woman, was interviewed and she was complaining about She's crazy. So, so a member of Knesset said that she's wrong. So let me read the article. Yeah, it's a, sorry. Uh, in a cab. And, and I don't know if you share with the rabbi. The cab driver is talking about that he's carrying a bat mm. in his car, but he's ready, he's waiting, and he says, you know, I hope before I die I'll get a chance to kill a terrorist. <laughs> Which city is this? Uh, yeah, it's just Jerusalem? Yeah, Jerusalem. But that, that, that's part of the idea, is that they're hoping to kill a terrorist. Oy. That's why they're running to get him. Okay. It's a mitzvah. It's a good thing. Yeah, There's also, I think, a mitzvah to help someone that's on the ground. Well, anyway, so Jewish <laughs> home MK. Eternally. <laughs> you know Miguel. The enemy. Where are you going? I'm turning the lights. Oh, need lights. <laughs> hey, Rabbi, welcome back. You, you know, Miguel made clear Tuesday that it did not agree with the criticism being leveled at citizens who chased after a terrorist in Rishon one day and did not stop to help an elderly woman whom he stabbed. Don't let yourself be fooled, Miguel wrote on his Twitter account and explained that the first step in combat is taking out the enemy. Only after the enemy is eliminated does one treat the wounded. Really? Nothing terrible happened. Because even if the wounded woman waited 15 seconds while Miguel served in the elite, in the elite Sayeret Matel Commando, Respected the citizens oh. to risk their life. Actually, I can't teach class. But that's it has nothing to do with it. That's a separate issue. I think it's, it's actually similar. No, explain a second. Okay. Examination of the video indicates that just 30 seconds passed from the moment 80 year old Rachel Eisenkat was stabbed to the moment at which citizens began tending to her. Sagit Bracha Eisenkat, Rachel's granddaughter, told Channel 2 after watching video of the incident, each of the citizens who ran past her injured grandmother needs to do some soul searching. You want to stop the terrorists? Fine. But someone needs to stop and help the wounded. We have a saying, we do not need to leave the wounded behind. Is that exactly what have, what, what, what exactly kind of wound did she have? We have to come. In the story, like, was it just a superficial thing? Or what did she well, really she's have She's 80 years old. 
Somebody's looking to find out. No, no, I understand. No, my question is like, what if someone stopped by in those ten seconds that the guy stopped and said, "Are you okay?" And her answer might have been, "I'm fine. Go get the guy." Like if she was coherent enough to say anything. Yeah. I think the granddaughter no, would say that if it, that was it, the case. They wouldn't have made any difference because when you've been stabbed, even if it's superficial, you're in shock. Yeah. And so you say and do things that aren't really true. Also, she's 80 years old. I mean, no, I but I mean, anything. Yeah, but this guy could have stabbed a whole bunch of other people until they got him. Well, that's the question. So what do you do? What's the goal? Do they so get him? Yeah. yeah, of course. Sure, um, then they arrested was Jason, him. Yeah. Then they arrested Actually, him. Actually, no. Oh, yes. Yeah, so the second part of the video I didn't show you is them holding down in store, and everyone's trying to kill him, but they uh, <laughs> they held protecting him. This has been happening lately when they when they neutralize the guy without shooting him, so people want to just lynch him. They, as a matter of fact, in Netanya, the same day there was a stabbing, and the people surrounded the ambulance. They put the terrorists in the ambulance after they shot him, and people wouldn't let the ambulance move. They surround the ambulance, they wouldn't yeah. let him take and They kill that Ethiopian guy oh, by yeah, accident. Yeah. accident. But here, they're screaming. They should have slit his throat with his own knife. Why is he still alive? Don't let him live. Um, which is the class that we spoke about a while ago. Anyway, so, so the question, so it's different. That scenario is, of course, immoral. Those people in, in that study in the Yale Divinity School. Princeton, yeah. Princeton Divinity School? Yeah. Um, I think it's Princeton. Was... It's a whole different situation. Over there, the person's not treating because he wants to score well on his test. Because he has to be somewhere at a certain time. That's obviously a problem. Here, yeah. there at least, here's a real moral dilemma. No one's, <coughs> no moral dilemma there. Correct. Everyone agrees you shouldn't, you have to treat the person <laughs> right. as having art. Right. Here, there is a real moral dilemma. It's many versus a few. I was here, mm. what do I do? Do I kill the terrorist? Do I neutralize the terrorist? Or, not, or do I No, I guess that's what I'm saying, though. It, it's relevant, that study, because there's no moral dilemma when you look at it on its right. face, and yet no one stopped. So yeah, even more so here, there's a, this is a calvachomer, that of course in that case they didn't stop, so who would expect them to stop in this case, when there in fact is a terrorist that they could potentially treat, uh, but chase? But first of all, Israel, by the way, is different. Number one, people very usually stop and anything little thing happens people are always there no this is humans this is no, not no I'm just telling you Israel is different than you Israel is not different yes, than humans they are. things happen in Israel as, as David Brooks spoke about the other day he, we heard David Brooks speaking he knows Israel is different it's not doesn't work with the same rules it's a car accident everyone will stop to render aid if something happens to someone as opposed to here where people really don't they'll wave they're late to work they'll just wave to you and smile say it happens to be. I think the experiment is relevant because you're assuming that people making a judgment, they're going for the many as opposed to the one. However, what could be motivating is more like what uh, Rabbi Teller said, he, the guy wants to kill a terrorist. Mm -hmm. So it could be their own personal anger, they want to kill that terrorist as opposed to I want to prevent it from harming somebody else. Mm -hmm. Could be. In other words, their personal motivation. Selfish. Like, yeah. I don't want to be late for they that. They want to be a hero. I mean, they want to be a hero. Well, just, maybe they're just angry or they want to be a hero, whatever. But it's not necessary that they're saying they're doing the moral calculus. I can prevent murder of more people. Right. So, uh, I mean, I, so I think the experiment that's, is that's relevant. possible. Um, but I'm saying is clearly in that, in, I'm just saying in that situation, there's no moral dilemma. Um, one of the things David Brooks, he said he teaches in Yale, he said to connect, he was saying it cynically, to connect with real America. Right. <laughs> what happens on Yale? college campuses? <laughs> Yale's real America. <laughs> he's, he's yeah, right. Well, Bill Buckley said it famously. Said, "I'd rather be governed by the first two thousand people in the Boston phone book than the faculty of Harvard." 
That's what he said. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, like, they got real people. Uh, or what Dennis Prager says, there was something so stupid only a, a graduate student or a professor would believe. Right. <laughs> they need to arm uh, every uh, IDF person after they retire. So where are we going with this today? Yeah. Okay, so just continuing. Oh, we started last week. <coughs> so bad, but I'm saying it happens to be it's unbelievable the day before. We spoke about this last week in the theoretical situation. But uh, this week, it actually had it actually happened on, Wednesday, on Monday. Okay, so this is a responsum, which I think we, st we started quoting last yeah. week, but I didn't have a copy. So I got the copy last night. Um, it's written by someone known as Marie Weil, or, which is an acronym for Rev. Israel Ben Lev, I believe is his name. He was in the 15th century, Salonica, Spain. Salonica, Spain? Or Salonica in Greece? Greece, sorry. Salonica, Greece. Yeah. Try to look like I know I'm talking about it. I'm sorry, I'm going yeah. on that again. Salonica. Salonica, Greece, yes. Don't hesitate, it's okay. Um, so, this, so the question we started discussing last week was Ruvain, um, who were in the question, he has a four volume response in book written in Salonica. All right, so it's on, sorry, that says Shayla Men, question number 40 from his book. This is a, you don't have his book? A very common. I'm a New York Times bestseller. Um, it's on Amazon. <laughs> Ruvain Hoseloi Ava, you have it? Okay. Yeah. 40. I got it. Yeah. Okay, Ruvain Hotelo Ava He had a love or a relationship with um, some ministers in the government in Greece. The Yoatse Hamlachot and the advisors of the kingdom. Ulpamim Hayutov Simitana Machut. Many times the the government would, um, or workers of the government would grab people, like Tzat Yudim, for some Jews, Ashirim, rich Jews. Because they know some srapish, which I have no idea what that means. They would write them to, you know, for slave labor or some type of tax. Wait, it could Ruben be just is a tax homosexual person. who has huh? a love. What was this? Reuven has a love with. No. <laughs> what were they talking about? Hava? No, he means a relationship. Meaning he has a relationship with yeah. the government. He's well connected, protective. Okay. Consensual relationship. That's yeah. what I. I Man, hero. Hey, good morning. Hi, how are you? Good morning. Reuven there. Yes. And this Reuven has the ability to save the Jew who was kidnapped, who was not killed, who was taken by the government, thrown in prison, and it fast. But he's scared of his, uh, he's scared for himself. That if he gets Shimon released, he convinces the government with his connection. No, they'll take another Jew. Oh, the Levi. They'll take another Jew. Omar. And he's saying to himself, his ethical dilemma is, Man leimali, the dumb of the Shimon sumik Who said the blood of Shimon that I should release him is redder than the next guy they're going to take? Dilma sumik knows they have a quota, X amount of uh, taxes they have to, the government has to collect. So they're taking this rich Jew to get to extort money out of him. So if he gets this rich Jew released, um, gets him out of prison. So they're just going to take another Jew. Vishal Alzeh, and his question is, Im Shimon, is it permitted to save Shimon to get him out yeah. with his protection? This or is not? right up Holocaust Alley. <laughs> just letting you know. You in case you didn't see it. I, I wasn't going to bring I, it up. I, no, I just want to let you know. I mentioned that at the end of last, <laughs> last meeting. Am I, I father? I'm just, I wasn't sure that Shelley was clued in. <laughs> I think 
Alright, so you mentioned last week. Okay, yes. so let's see what he says. So, he, so, uh, so, okay, the first paragraph is really, really just repeating the question. I don't know why they repeat it again. So, Chuva. Chuva is the oh, answer. Oh, there we go, the end. Okay, Chuva. Ikra Dai Milta, he says. So, so he goes on and he quotes um, the Gemara that we read last week in Yavamot with the story of Jonas on the show, which Ron wasn't happy about. Um, that, uh, that how King David went and, and, uh, these Givonim wanted a certain amount of Jew, uh, descendants of Shaul to kill them um, because to take revenge on what Shaul did to them. So he picks, he has all the descendants of Shaul walk in front of the Aaron, and the Aaron went ahead and chose who's, uh, who's going to be killed, by who's to, to give over to the Givonim. Okay, so the question was, so he, let's skip the whole story because we did that last week. Let's get to his answer. Um, so... So here, Mehach Shaminan. So we're four lines, the first column, five lines from the bottom. One, two, three, four, five. It was five. Hillary, she would have said, what difference does it make? Mehach <laughs> Shaminan. Okay, there's no politics in this class. Mehach uh, Shaminan. From here, we see it there, Ron? First no. paragraph, five lines from the bottom. First uh, column, yeah, right there with your fingers. Middle of the line, Mehach. Mehach Shaminan. Mehach Shaminan. From this we hear, from this we can... Um, in our situation, if, you know, it seems from the Gemara that if one Jew was already written the sheriff to the, to the master, whoever, you know, this, the government, and they actually are holding him and they captured him, and it's known, that if this guy um, escapes, they're going to take someone else instead of him. And if you get this guy out, they're going to take someone else. Then you shall not uh, venture to have to save him. To save. Okay, you see from the Gemara, because the Gemara asks, how could King David have chosen, have chosen this one over that one? Meaning, knowing that someone else is going to be in his stead. That means, even though the Aaron chose it, but if King David is going to get him released from the Aaron's grip, okay, so then, so then he wouldn't be allowed to do that based on the Gemara's question, questioning King David. And the Gemara has to says, no, he just prayed for his release. That's fine. You want to pray for him to get him, that's fine. But you can't actually um, facilitate. facilitate his release because so another's life will be taken instead. That means you're choosing one life over the other. And we, you have no right, we have no right to choose one person's life over the other, which is a basic concept, as we know, in Jewish ethics. Um, you can't make that judgment call. We, as a as humans, can't make a judgment call whose life is more important. But let's say in a situation where there's a call, we need a few Jews. The government says, we give us four Jews. For the work of the king, the sheriff, whatever the sheriff thing is, the uh, taxes, or I don't know exactly what it means. Or similar situation. In that situation, meaning where no one was chosen yet, but now it's a question. This is, of course, relevant in the Holocaust, where whether this is a daily thing, they would have to give up the Judenrat or whoever would come in and say, "We need 150 Jews for slave labor," which was basically a death sentence. So the question now becomes: So now, who do I choose? Can I choose one over the other? So he says, if they didn't. They haven't chosen one per specific person yet to take. It's just a general question. I, then I can prevent this guy from going. I can say I don't want this guy going again. Now choosing, by the way, you can't do either. I can't say okay, this guy should go. 
which is a big problem also, to choose a life and say, we're sending this guy to his death, that's also a problem. Because that's what they used to do in, in Russia, I forgot the name for it, where they, the, the Russian army would ask for, for Jews, and then what they'd do is, most cities they'd send their orphans, because the parents wouldn't miss them, Jewish orphans, which is halakhically a big problem. Many letters written about it saying that's prohibited. We can't choose just because someone's an orphan, their life is not worth any less. They're not going to have parents missing them, their life is not worth any less than, the, than a child who has parents. So you can't send those to the front lines because you, you, you know, less people are going to complain about it. That would be prohibited. So he's saying, but to prevent someone, if you have protective for, for, for your friend and you're, you're telling the government, don't take this guy, prior to them choosing someone else, he says, that would be fine. Um, and this is I don't know who you're referring to, this that was written. That if he was already written to the kingdom, the then it's prohibited to to, uh, to to work on his release. Because they have a quota, and they're going to take someone else in instead. So when is that applicable? That law that you can't get him, that you can't work on his release. It's only where there's no doubt they're going to take someone else in instead. But let's say a situation. This is where we're going to get to our situation. Um, he's saying, what if you have a situation where you're not sure the government doesn't have a quota? If I get this guy released, maybe they'll take someone else, maybe they won't. So what happens in that scenario? So he says, you see if he wants to deduce, you see from the Gemara, it's only where there's, they're surely going to take someone else in instead. But if there's a, a doubt, the idna ishtana, maybe something will change, and they won't be as upset at the Jews that week. They're not going to take another Jew instead. He says we have a principle, a Talmudic principle, which is a doubt doesn't go, when you have a suffolk and a vada, it means a doubt versus a sure thing, so that when the sure thing always wins out. In any ethical dilemma, or, or halachic dilemma for that matter, so it's called That means a doubt, a doubt cannot release the, the sure, the certain. Well, isn't it by definition here a doubt no matter what they say? Just because they say they're going to do it doesn't mean they... No, but if they have a standard quota where every month the, commu- the Jewish community that, has to give... That could change. People. But that, right, there's no... There, there's always... I mean, there's... Always a doubt. Well, we can't predict the future. We don't have that capacity. So there'll be always Speak yourself. a doubt. Speak for Oh, yeah. excuse me. Well, my patients always want me to do that. <laughs> I resist. My my crystal ball is kind of fuzzy. So you're oh. saying there's always a doubt. There's always a doubt. There's always, okay. even in the circumstance where we spoke last week of the the person who That's was injured back to in, in the street. Do you stop and help him? Wonder. Which you surely know that you'll save him. Well, I'm, you know, I had to ask myself, do you really surely know that you'll save him? All right, so that's a good point. So let's see, he's, I think he's going to say what he says. So he says, Benito Nidad, in our situation, which means the situation here, and this is written in the 15th century with the government, not, not the contemporary situation. Benito Nidad, in our situation, a chazinon, the rabbi we see that many are saved. And many times they don't take another Jew in, the sta- in his stead. Okay? Mishmachi, sorry. Milsa Dipshita. Mishmachi. Milsa Dipshita. Therefore, it's obvious to me to call a matzil and a If you if you venture to save this person from the government, 
you will not lose. Meaning, basically saying, you, you should try to get this guy released from the government's grip. Adarabba, mitzvah rabba kavit. Surely he's doing a great mitzvah by having him released with his protection. Even though he says they're only being taken in this situation on mon- for monetary matters, meaning even though his life might not be in danger per se, they're, they're taking him because they want money from the Jewish community, mm-hmm. not because they're going to kill him. Um, he says, goes about, we still say that Kivon Shinafal Amemka, when someone is stolen for to be sold, it's pigeon Shavuyim. They don't have mercy, meaning when you, uh, in Mexico, when they kidnap you because they want ransom, that doesn't mean they're, oh, they just want the money, you know, his life is not in danger. As we know, if they don't get the money, yeah, so yeah, exactly. yes. first they work. cut off the air, and then they actually, I met when I went to Mexico City, I met someone. Who, was, who had a situation? Well, his his earlobe was sent to his sister. Yeah. I met the guy and his sister. He wrote a book about his sister wrote a book about the story. A Jewish guy, and they kidnapped him, and they sent the earlobe to the family of the guy to basically to speed up the monetary transfer. Um, so, uh, so, so he says even so he says mon- mon- the fact that it's a monetary <coughs> danger doesn't negate the fact it's still. The Talmud considers, in halacha, we consider if someone kidnapped for money as a danger to your life. Because ain't marachim love, there's no mercy in that situation. Af Yisrael, kivan shenafal yad umasalam, so to a Jew who fell into the hands of, a, of one of the governments. Shuv ain't marachim love, there's no more mercy for this Jew. Um, um, he says, because of a rush, and he brings various sources. Then Jewish law, the mesaske mamon baladei sakar zafashos, even when you're dealing with monetary matters, it ends up with a danger to life. Um... Now he, now he goes to a whole other halachic question, which is normally, and we discussed this in the past, I don't, I don't want to get too detailed, um, which is what's called sheval tasadif. Let's say you're not sure about something in halacha. We're not sure what to do. It's an ethical dilemma or halachic dilemma. So we always say sheval tasadif. Just don't do anything. Be passive. Be passive. Now, if you're not sure, so because in, in Jewish law, or I don't know how it works in, in other law systems, but in Jewish law, whenever you have whenever you violate something by not doing something, that's not obviously as severe a violation as when you go ahead and do an act, which is a violation. Right, so let's say, um, obviously, even even as we discussed many times, even in, in when it comes to taking a life, passively not saving someone is not murder. Right? If someone's laying on the ground and they're bleeding out and they don't do anything to save them, I'm not a murderer. I'm a, maybe I'm a schmuck. <laughs> um, but uh, but I'm not a murderer, right? So so. Uh, of course. So yeah, did, you get, did you get that in the recording there? Right. So so the the point is, you right. So uh, you as opposed to actively. So you something. tried to avoid. Right. So by not doing something, we always say if you're in doubt, you have an ethical dilemma. So just be passive. This way, you don't get stuck in a situation where you're doing something wrong. Because if I go ahead and do something actively. So his question is, maybe in this situation you'd say the same thing. I should be passive um, in order to, pre- don't do anything to prevent me from doing the wrong thing. And he brings various proofs from the Talmud that we do, that wouldn't be applicable in this situation. Okay? That, yeah, I, I, I have this image of a five-year-old saying to his mom, I didn't do it, I didn't, I didn't do anything. No, but it's a real thing. It's, 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 it's in general, even... Well, I, I, I'm saying even in violation, take a, take a relationship. Un, if, you're if you un, tell your husband, not you, but someone tells their uh, husband uh, um, uh, to, uh, to, to, you know, 
let's say, don't eat, or you tell your child, don't eat cookies from the cookie jar, and then the child goes ahead and eats the cookies. So that's, that's bad. Right. He didn't listen to you. As opposed to if you just said, take out the garbage, and they don't take out the garbage, that's not as big a violation. They didn't, they just were watching TV, they didn't take out the garbage. Right, so there's a difference in the level of violation. Mm-hmm. So the, the default is always Shev Valtaseh. Whenever you have a dilemma, I'm not sure which is the proper way to go, so just be passive, and then there's less of a violation. Even though you're, you might be wrong in your actions, but at least you didn't do an explicit action. There was a cardiologist named Willis Hurst who was big in his time, and he used to talk about, I think... What was that time? Uh, 70s, 80s. And he'd say, he called it the Matterhorn Syndrome. He'd say, most people think, don't just stand there, do something. But many times the appropriate thing is, don't just do something, stand there. Stand there, yeah. And let, you know, let's see what develops here. So I get a little more clarity about it before I act. Because sometimes it's just absolutely unclear what the best thing to do is. Yeah, well, that's true. In this, in the terror situation, it's probably true. Because, as in this video we just watched, if you see 500 people running to chase the terrorists, they're still... <laughs> Everyone else thinks right. he's running out. Like, listen, now you can treat the woman on the floor because you know, but it's, it's, there's 20 other people chasing down the table. Look, I, 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 maybe Ron or Alan can comment. I mean, I'm at dinners or, some, or in restaurants, and somebody you know passes out unconscious on the floor. What's your response? You know, as a doc- what's your response as a layperson as opposed to a doctor? Often, I'm hoping there's a real doctor. Me there. too, but suppose there's <laughs> not. I mean. <laughs> Well, as a layperson, I think I would call 911 immediately uh, and uh, probably not crowd the, you know, scene. That would be my response. After you're hoping someone else goes and they don't. I'd probably ask someone in the family, is this okay? Are they okay? Is everything okay? If I'm close by, if I'm like in the vicinity. The point I'm making is, you know, for you, it's like, I'm not sure I could do anything. I, I want to call someone who really can help here. Ron is... I'm late to I, work. I, right. Ron, it's like, you know, I could help. I really don't want to. hope somebody else does. But he's not panicked about it. He's not a, you know, I'm not worried. Is somebody passing out? Big deal, you know. You're dealing with that all the time. So there's that element. I mean, I I see this. I mean, it happens at Beth Yashorin. And they, they always come and get me. I know. Well, that's because it's a very spiritual moment there. <laughs> People are passing out all the time. You're not having the panic issue that's a non-physician's going to have. You're like, oh, somebody's dying. It's true. It's, it's, it's irritating, true. but it's not it's like true. a panic situation. Right, right. But like, so for instance, high holidays, we're at, you know, unfortunately, uh, I'll say not the name, but person passed out right at the arc, right mm-hmm. at the high holidays. Mm-hmm. And I was so thankful that Milton Klein, a cardiologist, I was like, thank God there's a real doctor. I, I was like, there was no wax problem in the ear. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe the heart, you know? Maybe Zion is... So you're somewhere between a layperson and a cardiologist. (laughs) (laughs) But that that, that whole... You know, I'm a little more forgiving of those people who are running because... They're not comfortable dealing with disasters. You know what I mean? If you're a doctor, you're... uh, you're, well, you're you're a little decent. If you don't know what to do to the woman. Uh, no, it's like, oh, God, another disaster. I just had another six today. I another one today. Another day at the office. Uh, I think, uh, just in a similar situation, Jack Siegel. You know, Jack Siegel, he's really a piece of work. I love Jack Siegel. But there's no uncomfortable social situation he won't barge into. Right. He's seen so, everything. He, so, <laughs> uh, I remember we... It's um, amazing. It's a man who... Uh, Dropped dead in uh, Walter Pies. And unfortunately for him, 
there were two anesthesiologists in the changing room with him, and they resuscitated me, brain dead. So they take him to um, the hospital on uh, 59 near 610, a town and country. I forgot what name it used to be. Anyway, and I'm involved in the case, and like the family just shell-shocked. The guy, you know, this happened like six hours ago. He's brain dead now, and they got to deal with all this, and no one really knows what to do. You know, I'm being, I'm doctoring, but in terms of comforting, no in walks Jack Siegel. Hello, I'm here. Oh, what's going on? You know, it starts to, it says, you go there. I mean, he's just used to what's being... What's the point? Mm -hmm. no, he can if, manage difficult If you're situations. used to being in difficult situations, yeah. unlike those people running past somebody lying on the ground, if I, if I see somebody lying on the ground... Yeah, but they're running to a more difficult situation in this scenario. <laughs> chasing so a terrorist down the street. You're giving them credit that, that the many versus a few. I'm saying it's easier for them to run after a terrorist or some Not some sure. people may be doing. I wouldn't. Some I of them may be running the like they want to see the scene of an accident, but not That's many true. people are going to feel Visually. comfortable stopping and seeing somebody lying on the ground. Can I help you? What's wrong? Let me see. Maybe. I, I don't know. Not, in this situation, I'm not sure I agree with you because. Yeah, and like it's not like they're running away from a troubling situation. They're running right. to more trouble. All right, think about this. It's 9/11. You're uh, half a mile away from Twin Towers. Do you run toward them or do you run away from them? Right, most people are running the other way. But what do you do? You know, you're a doctor. Do you run toward? I run away. Away. I actually oh, just I mean, saw you know, a you, woman you, who died. The, 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 I think I run toward. I actually just no, saw the, the danger to yourself with the crap in the air. I think I'd run toward. I would hope. I, I actually don't know what I would There's hope. There's also I just saw a woman who died. You cover your nose and run away. She was a nurse. She was off that day. She was in Brooklyn. She went into Manhattan. To, to help because she thought there'd be a lot of wounds. No one showed up. There was no wound. You know, there was no no one taken to hospital that day because everyone died. Right. There was no no survivors really. That's so she went to her hospital thinking there's going to be thousands. No one showed up. So they were talking about at her funeral. But people do. I mean, there are people who run to. But she's a professional. She's a nurse. All right. All right. You know, she I think died? that there. No, no, she she died recently. Now, uh, and they were saying the story at her funeral. Had a day of 911. She was off. And she took the, she, she tried to get them ahead to help. Sure. I, th I think that our response to crises is in part um, scripted by our training, our education, but probably... Or watching too many movies. Well, yeah, that probably, you know, playing video games and thinking you can do whatever they do in video games. But I think it's also that there is an element of... of um, uh, instinctive response, which is not uniform. I don't think we, I mean, we all have an instinct for self-preservation. But I don't know that I've read any studies about the instinct to, the instinctive response in crises. I know, for instance, I mean, I can look in my experiences. I know once a woman fell as I was walking uh, by an escalator, a woman fell and was stuck. Uh, got, uh, yes, got the the escalator grabbed hold of her clothes, and you know she was stuck. And I was with a uh, girlfriend. We were in a store, shopping, uh, serious business, and my friend kind of froze, and I ran over to the uh, escalator, 
and push the button. There's always a button at the bottom of the escalator that stops the, no, there is? the escalator. I didn't know that. Where is it? It's, it, it, <laughs> now you tell me. Yeah. If you look, uh, it's kind of, uh, a, for some reason, it's occluded. They put a little cover on it, yeah. but it's right under there. It's toward the toward the floor of the escalator, mm -hmm. and I knew that because as a adolescent, I had worked it's at, on the right uh, side, like a mezuzah. at a store. Yes, it is on the right side. I'd worked at a store, and I guess that was part of my training. I don't remember, but I responded <laughs> by stopping the escalator. My friend responded by freezing. In another instance, when I was uh, held up at gunpoint. Um, my I I was with the same friend. As a matter of fact, we shouldn't hang out. Sounds like she's a jinx. Is, yeah, I think this is so. So uh, after after I was uh, held up, the uh, assailants jumped into their car and started driving away. My friend, my friend, uh, was in her car, and she she was taking off in the opposite direction. I got in my car and I followed the damn uh, stupid car. I don't know what I was going to do, you know. Yeah, it's so. like the dog who, you know, what would you do if you caught the truck, Right. you know. But, uh, you know, I think that there probably are in ways of measuring human responses to crisis situations. But empirically, I don't know that we have a lot of studies in social psychology but I will bet you that some people respond mm -hmm. uh, running toward the crisis, and others respond running away, and that that's and that's pre-wired. Yeah, well, we, so we did say one study before, but the point is that we're exactly. getting off tangent because exactly. the question yes. is not what mm -hmm. human nature is on the contrary. Well, one of the reasons for this crisis. Many times did as you humans, get the guy's license number? Oh, yeah. Many no. times as humans, Alan, listen. I did. Many times as humans, we do what's instinctively, and that's why we have a code of ethics that tell us sometimes you need what to... What we want shouldn't to do. do. Exactly. That's right. what the Torah what is about. Do sometimes we have natural instincts for X, and the Torah is telling you, no, you need to overcome and restrain yourself from doing what normal human beings would do in that situation. That's exactly... But here you have a dilemma where... It's it's two choices of evil. I mean, what either they're both bad. Whatever I do, someone something's going to happen. Now, so here, you know, it's not just a question of stopping to save someone or going to work, like we said before. It's a question of do I neutralize a terrorist or do I save the patient? Which is which is which is priority? It's a triage situation technically, where which which one takes precedence? That's the question. Thank you.